We're going to have a reading from God's Word. I'm sorry we did think about whether we could put the words up or not, uh, and you could read them uh, as, as I read them, but uh, we could have done it. But anyway, I'm going to read from the book of Ruth. I'm going to read the first chapter, first six verses, another one, verse 22, and then I'm going to nip into 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and two verses there, 14 and 16. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. And man of Bethlehem and Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife was Naomi. And the name of his two sons were Marlon and Hilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem in Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died, and she left, was left with her two sons. These two Moabite wives, the name of one was Orpah, and the name of the other Ruth. They lived there about ten years, and both Marlon and Kilion died, so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband Verse 6, then she arose with her daughters-in-law to return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the fields of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and given them food. Verse 22, so Naomi returned and Ruth and the Moabite, and daughters-in-law, sorry, and Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law with her, who returned from the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of barley harvest. And now there's two verses from 2 Corinthians 2. But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession, and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ, to God amongst those who are being saved, and amongst those who are perishing. To one, a fragrance from death, to death, to the other, a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? May the Lord bless his word as we dig into it in a few minutes. Well, it's the 20th of June today, and it is also Father's Day. So for those fathers among us, fathers watching online, fathers-to-be, um, grandfathers, um, happy Father's Day. I got my mug. Dad, you're out of this world. Isn't that wonderful? Oh. This is my daughter in New, in, in New Zealand. She, she doesn't usually say such nice things about me. And, of course, I got a bottle of wine from my son yesterday. And a car, too, which had a, a deck chair and a mug and relax, you know, you're worth it, you deserve it, and all that sort of thing. But I find it actually quite hard if I'm preaching. I don't relax, I'm very nervous, because it is such a, you know, a daunting thing to be presenting God's word to, to you this morning. But anyway, looking at Ruth there. If you were walking down Main Street towards the church or coming up from the station... And you could smell bread in the, 
you know, that smell of baking coming from the candy bar? Uh, or did your mum ever make bread? Uh, or do you bake bread? Or do you have one of these machines where you stick the uh, ingredients in and switch it on and, or have a timer so that when you get up in the morning, the house is smelling of bread? There's nothing quite like that aroma of fresh bread. And I'm sorry, I don't have a loaf of bread with me. I, I, I <coughs> forgot in my shopping yesterday. But there's nothing uh, like fresh bread, is there? Well, that brings us to Ruth. Because uh, Ruth, sorry, or rather, rather the book of Ruth, Naomi and Elimelech were from Bethlehem. They were actually from Ethrata. You think of you know, they say at Christmas, the, or read the, the, the scripture at Christmas, that out of Bethlehem, Ephrata, has a great light has shone in the darkness. Was that effect? Ephrata was a, a, a community, a village close to Bethlehem. Um, but Bethlehem, do you know what the name Bethlehem means? The house of bread. But Ruth, sorry, Naomi and Elimelech, had to leave Bethlehem, the house of bread, because of the famine. There was no bread in the house of bread. So they go to Moab uh, to look for bread because there was obviously grain and hopefully something down there. So they left the house of bread because there was no bread in the house of bread. So bread is very important, you know. Uh, Jesus, of course, said, I am the bread of life. But there was... In the Old Testament, in Exodus, Moses was given very explicit instructions to make a table. And it was to be two cubits long. A cubit is roughly a forearm's length, so it's that long. And it's one cubit wide, about 18 inches wide, and it's one and a half cubits high. So it's a, a, a sort of a small table, such as you might have in your lounge. Or uh, when guests come along, you trot out the wee table to put the snacks on. Uh, but this one was made from acacia wood, and it was covered in gold. Uh, and it had rings on it, and there were carrying poles. So, of course, with the gold on it, it was quite heavy. But it had to be portable. And so whenever the tabernacle was moved, as they, the people of Israel moved through the wilderness or wherever they were going to, uh, and then eventually when they, 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 they settled and down and built a temple, it was there in the temple. But it was a, called the table of the showbread. And there were 12 loaves of bread they had to bake uh, once a week, and it was, wasn't a nice loaf necessarily of risen bread. It would have been uh, unleavened bread because yeast is a symbol of sin. Uh, and uh, so at the Passover, uh, the unleavened bread that Jesus had at the, the Last Supper would have been unleavened. Leavened bread, I've got some with me. Uh, matzo bread, it's called. It's very brittle, and it's just made from flour and water. There's no salt in it, there's no yeast in it. It's just flour and water baked to a crisp. I won't break it because uh, somebody's got to clear up uh, after me. But uh, that is matzo bread as used in the communion. But this is what it would have been a pack of 12 or other six uh, on each side, six rows uh, of matzo. Was 12 tribes of Israel, so six for six. But between them, frankincense as well was placed. And it's called the showbread. It was to sit there 
in the tabernacle before the 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 the, the, the holy of holies bit the bit of the the tabernacle the temple that only the priests could enter that's where the ark of the covenant was and the horned uh, cover to it but the showbread was there and you can imagine going in or the priests going in they would smell the fragrance of the incense the frankincense but also they'd smell the bread they'd smell the bread so Ruth and Elimelech, they go down the road to Moab. And uh, there, uh, Elimelech dies, sad. But uh, the two sons of Elimelech and Naomi, they take two Moabite wives. Orpah is one of them, and, uh, the other one? and Ruth, of course. Welcome, Christian. So we just... Put me off my track there. So they go down there to seek bread, but even these two husbands of the two wives, they die. So there's Ruth and Naomi together and the Anorpa. But then comes the news, the gossip in the fields. There's, there's grain. There's, a, there's been a harvest in Bethlehem. There's, there's now bread, back in the house of bread. And so they start to move back uh, to, on the way to, to, uh, to Bethlehem. But Moabites, Moabites, you know, there was a great hostility and, uh, you know, uh, loathing between the Moabites and the Israelites for, for a number of reasons. See, the, the Moabites were the descendants of Lot. And if you remember Lot in Sodom, fleeing from the destruction that God was bringing there, uh, the story is sad because the two daughters of Lot seduce their father, they get him drunk, and they get themselves pregnant by him, and they produce two sons, uh, each by one of the daughters, and one of those is named Moab, and the other is Ammon. And the Ammon, Ammonites and the Moabites, the descendants from those two sons, become bitter enemies of Israel. In fact, when they came out of captivity in Egypt, and they came through the Red Sea, that mighty deliverance, and the Egyptian army was, de- was destroyed, they enter the wilderness, they start their wanderings, and in the Middle East there is a thing called desert hospitality. That even when your enemy comes to your tent, you'll give them water, you'll give them food because it's all about survival. And though you, you know, you've got your knife in your, in your, in your, in your waistband there, you can stick it in them, you offer hospitality to, to, to visitors, even when they're your enemies. But uh, the Moabites refused to give the Israelites water when they were passing through their land. They told them to get out you know, go by another way. And the Moabites likewise were inhospitable to them. So for um, Naomi and Elimelech to go to Moab, you know, to enemy territory, to this place that really, uh, there, was, there was a curse on it. Uh, God forbade marriage actually between Israelites and Moabites. Uh, so to go to Moab was to go to somewhere really not good to go to. And isn't it the same today? Where there is no presence, 
in the church, where there is no reality in the church, where there is no fragrance of baking, where there is no bread in the house of bread. The church is the house of bread. We are the church uh, of Christ. We are the body of Christ. There should be an aroma, a fragrance of Christ coming from us, coming from this place or wherever else you worship. Are we exuding the fragrance of Christ? If people can't smell the bread, if they can't smell the coffee, as the phrase uh, goes today, they can't get that wonderful smell of Christ. They, they ask all sorts of questions. Where do they go? They go to Moab. They go to the world. They go to the world which is seductive, oppressive, cruel and devouring, uh, uh, just as Moab was. You know, the Moabites, um, they used to sacrifice their children uh, to their god, Kamesh, Kamosh. And they had an altar. They put a fire in it and they'd get it red hot and they'd put their children into the arms of this idol and it rolled down into the, into the, the sort of furnace. Uh, that was part of their worship. And uh, if you also think of Balaam, who the king of Moab, Balak, asked uh, Balaam to curse the Israelites. Such was this hatred between Israelites and, and, uh, and Moabites. But Balaam said, well, <laughs> I tried to curse them, but every time I curse them, out comes blessing. Oh, sorry, I just can't say words of curse over, over the Israelites. Uh, but he'd been paid money by Balak, and he wanted his, his, his uh, you know, um, results from his payment. So Balak, sorry, Balaam says to Balak, well, this is what you should do. You should let your young women go into the Israelite camp, and uh, they will then seduce the men, and then they'll come and follow uh, our gods. So that's what happened. That was the downfall of Israel. They, they, the women seduced the men, the Moabite women, and drew men off into their worship. And that became the bane of Israel for, for, for generations, for sins that kept reoccurring in the kings uh, uh, and so on until eventually God had to take them out, out into exile in Babylon to break that stranglehold of idolatry and uh, darkness in the Israelite people. So Moabite, to go into the world, to go into Moab, is to go into, into everything that isn't of God, really. And what does the world offer us? You know, if you don't have the fragrance of Christ, what do people think? Oh, well, there's nothing in the church for me. There's nothing, you know, well, what do I go to church for? It's all out here. It goes to maybe the pubs, it may be the clubs, it may be the sports centre, maybe the, the horoscopes, it may be the, 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 the social media. I mean, it's awash with um, the things on UFOs and yoga and meditation and all sorts of anything other than really scripture, unless you're actually searching for uh, Christian material. The media, the magazines, uh, seem to often have more testimonies about people finding peace in Islam than the other way around, finding faith in Christ. Um, big business. They want advertising. 
The magazines often have lots of things at the back there about uh, yoga and meditation and so on. People seeking reality uh, uh, anywhere but here in the church. Why? Because there's no sense, perhaps, of the presence of God. Anyway, ten years in Moab left Naomi husbandless, childless, grandchildless, just two Moabite daughters-in-law in tow. And one of them decides she wants to stay in her home country. But Ruth says, you know, wherever you go, I will go. Your gods will be my God. And Ruth comes with Naomi back to, back to Bethlehem. And where, what does she do? She starts work in the field, gathering grain for the bread that will be baked in the house of bread. So is there an aroma of Christ in our fellowship? Is there a smell of the baking of bread? Or are we just relying on old recipe cards, uh, you know, looking back to, to the revivals of, uh, of the past, generations of the past, uh, you know, thinking backwards, always looking back, or is there a reality of Christ in our midst? Are we sitting by cold ovens with only our treasured bread recipes of former days uh, gathering dust on shelves? Think of Jesus. He went to Tyre, which is, again, outside the Israelite area, uh, areas of Syrophoenicia. It's now Lebanon, just north of Haifa. Uh, and he wanted a rest. He wanted a break, really. Uh, but there was a woman there who had a demon-possessed daughter, and she heard that Jesus was there. I don't know how she knew he was there, but she came pestering him, saying, Please, you know, can you heal my, heal my daughter? Can you deliver my daughter? And the disciples wanted to uh, send her away and... Uh, Eventually, she managed to get in to see Jesus. And do you remember what Jesus said to her? First, let the children eat all they want, for it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Yes, she replied, but Lord, even the dogs under the table eat the, children, eat the children's crumbs. And... Jesus said that he hadn't seen faith like this in all of Israel. And he, he gave that, daughter, that uh, woman the answer to her prayers. The, the daughter was delivered from that evil spirit. Even the crumbs. So this is a crumb, if you like, from the table of the Lord. A crumb, the deliverance of this uh, daughter. So how much more must there be in the loaf? If that just one little thing is a crumb, how much of the reality of Christ do we experience in our churches? How much do we sense that presence of God? When God is in the house, people know about it. There was a revival in, in the early uh, well, 90s, about 1994, in Pensacola in, in America. And, uh, you know, one of these big city churches uh, and... <coughs> The car parks, you know, they, these American churches have huge car parks. People usually park their cars, orderly fashion, uh, you know, side by side and all this. The car parks were absolute chaos. People would come into the, into the, into the car park and they would sense the presence of God. And it was so great they just left their cars and went into the church building. They wanted to get God. 
uh, and uh, you know there is a reality about uh, the presence of God that when he when he comes when he really moves in power uh, you know things happen and we seem to have lost that fragrance of Christ we seem to have lost that reality uh, maybe it's a fear that God will do something that we don't want him to maybe we feel that uh, you know I'm okay myself you know I'm happy to come and sing in church but really I don't want to uh, be changed powerfully and wonderfully Evan Roberts in the Welsh revival in 1904 went to, was asked to speak in a church and he got up in the pulpit and he said to them do you believe Christ is here and they answered yes so then he said well you don't need me and he left the, the pulpit and he walked out of the building and he actually went to another church and started a, a, another service another church and the people were absolutely gobsmacked but then they, they, they started to say well yes Christ is here and even though there was no one in the pulpit God came and they, they were crying their way to the foot of the cross it's amazing, isn't it? So at that point, I leave, leave this pulpit and I walk out of the church. But God was real. God was there. Uh, and they just need to be reminded of the presence of Jesus in their midst. And they came to him. So there we are. When Naomi heard there was bread in Bethlehem, she wanted to get home. And when people hear that God is here in his church, people will come. When people smell the fragrance of Christ, some will be repelled, but many will come. So what we need in our church today is Jesus. Jesus in reality, as Lord of his church, as head of his church, Jesus in charge, free to do what he wants to do in us, and free to do what he wants to do through us in the lives of others and there's a song that is a bit old now but I think it currently sums it up now I'm coming back to the heart of worship because it's all about you all about you Jesus I'm sorry Lord for the thing I've made it it's all about you all about you Jesus so when this lockdown is finally lifted and when we can sing without face masks, when we can meet and greet one another as we desire to, let's not just dig out the old baking recipes and try and bake things as they were before. Let's be open to God. Let's be open to the Holy Spirit. Let's be open to Jesus. Let's bake fresh bread and let's let that fragrance out. Amen.